Welcome to Two, Two Girls, Girls and, and a Tardis. I'm Katie. And I'm Brittany. And this is episode two, where we cover season two, episode, season one. I already <laughs> fucked it up. Season it's one, fine. episode two, um, The End of the World of New Who, which New is the Who. reboot of Doctor Who on BBC. Um, as always, heads up, we cuss, we say whatever we want, and there <laughs> will be... Spoilers! <laughs> so, to get into right. it, Brittany, do you want to jump off? Because you did, I think I did a lot more, like, deep dive takeaway stuff in the episode. Okay. And I think that you did more, like, point-by-point point breakdown of what's happening. Yeah. Would you like to kick us off? I would, yeah. I And I just love this episode, so I'm super excited to talk about it's it. So I think I mentioned in the last episode that, like... I always forget that that is the first episode, because to me, this feels like the first episode, you know? That's why they do a pilot. Sometimes it is good, sometimes it isn't. Mm-hmm. Not that the first episode is not good, but I love this episode, and I think there are a lot of Doctor Who episodes where, like, sometimes you're like, okay, that was fun, and, like, yeah. moving on. But there are some that are, like, really powerful, and this is a powerful episode, and I love that they start with it. I know that there's an episode before that, but... The first episode really is to kind of establish who the Doctor is, who the companion is, Rose, Mm -hmm. and their relationship. And I think this episode really dives into so much more. And I love that. So the episode is called The End of the World. And I love that their relationship really is kind of starting at the end. You know, it's the the beginning and the end, mm-hmm. or the end and the beginning. And that's kind of however you want to look at it. It's a little bit cliche, but it really is perfect in, yeah. this, in this setting. So, um, yeah, I love this episode. And to give kind of a brief overview, uh, we literally start at the end of the world. And the... the the great thing is this episode starts with uh, Rose and the Doctor being in the TARDIS, and they're kind of trying to figure out, like, where to go for their first adventure, and sort of challenging each other. And, you know, Rose is, because she hasn't had the experience yet, is maybe not thinking as broadly as she could be, and he's like, you know, think think further, think more, and challenging her to, like, go further, and then kind of reminds her, like, all of space and time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so they go to the end of time as she would be familiar, right? It's the, the end, end of, of the, the earth. The earth. The end of the earth, yeah. And there's also almost a moment where, like, the doctor pushes the, you know, the TARDIS is always different for each doctor, but he kind of pushes the the joystick, if you will, and it's almost like the TARDIS can't go any further. Of course, we know that it can, and we see it go much further in time and into the universe later, but it's almost like... That's as far as they can go for now. Or that's the limitation well, as of... as the TARDIS herself says in that episode, I always take you where you need to go. Yes. The episode where she's looks like Bellatrix Lestrange, and I yes. love that. <laughs> I'm so good for it. Neil Gaiman, all the time. Yes. Forever. All the time, forever. You write the best shit. But it's like the... I think in this point, it's like the Doctor taking Rose to the limitations of where he's comfortable taking her for her first, like, mm-hmm. TARDIS adventure. Because <clears throat> she does she does get overwhelmed. It's super emotional. We can talk about As later. it would be. She yeah. has that moment with all of the aliens where yeah. she needs I mean, to ground herself in something. Her first experience, really, with the Doctor and being out with them traveling. Because before this, you know, he's... 
on earth and she's experiencing something in her home environment, but this is like them out and her really sort of getting a grasp of what the TARDIS can do. And if, I mean, not even a full grasp, but her initial like experience with what it can do. Yeah. And I think it's the doctor presenting a limitation on where, how far she should go for the first time. And it's really fucking far. It's the end of the it's earth. Five billion years five in our future, which is in years. fact, roughly the actual date that the sun will eat up most of its hydrogen core oh, and then expand shit. and envelop the earth. So like, that's a real, okay. that is a real phenomenon. Yeah. Eventually it is going to happen. Yeah. But it's, it's a good, it's a wonderful place to start. And this is a powerful episode. Um, for a lot of reasons. And I, I feel as though it's really kind of the jumping off point for the reboot in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there are 5 billion years in the future. It's the end of the earth and there are tons of aliens from all different races, planets, whatever Love places of the universe. All of the aliens. So life. fucking good. Yes. So many different aspects of life. Some, some of which have evolved from the earth over, you know, millennia mm-hmm. and, um, they've all come together on this sort of like, uh, it's a bit of a joy ride. It's a bit of a boost cruise yeah. to see the end it's of a, the earth. It's a station. It's the platform, but it's, it's bougie. Like it's basically, it's a club. Yeah. It is. It's a rich yeah. creatures. You have to be rich. Like it, it's a bunch of rich aliens from different places coming to experience the end of the earth because in some way they all have some connection to it or it's, it's a famous planet, at least to these people that have come to see it. And like I said, some actually are descendants of mm-hmm. something from yeah. the earth. Like there's it's a literally like item. tree people. Yeah, it is. It's very novelty. And we'll see that with, I don't even want to mention her name until we get there because she's so fantastic. But this woman, this woman, um, yeah. So this episode is incredible. It introduces some really amazing characters that are going to become, um, just like a staple or way more than that, uh, into the show. And we see, you know, the experience of Rose realizing really where she is, what she's doing, who she's with. Mm-hmm. Um, in this setting of the end of her world, and it's just really powerful, um, and I fucking love this episode yeah, so much, and I love kind of starting with it. So, yeah. Um, so we're five billion years in the future. Tell us what the doctor says about humans, or, like, set us, set us the stage here, Katie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I appreciate... And I think I said it in... We both said it in our notes. A, we love all of the aliens. Oh, my God. And how much it instantly opens up the definition of the term life. Yeah. Like, yes, life will continue to exist in the yes. universe. And just to break the fourth wall, too, the fucking costuming and makeup... So good. So, so good. good. And you can call it campy or whatever, but no. it is so That is good. not easy to do no, with stage so makeup good. and costumes. It's great. So the fact that they give no CGI such a variety. Well, very little CGI. In in terms of the aliens. Yeah. yeah. Um and the doctor and he's like does he call us stupid in this quote? He says what does he say? I actually does have he say it. stupid humans? He says something about apes. 
Um, he calls stupid apes. He likes to do that. Got it here somewhere. But in the end, like, he... Yeah. We're so focused on things that will kill us that we never stop to think about what happens if we survive. Yeah. I think that was the last episode where he's talking about the consciousness and, like, giving... He's like, they know they can act like stupid apes, but giving them the time to become this amazing thing that they're going to become. Yeah. Because he does admire humans. Yeah. He can talk shit. And as a species... Because humans, Homo sapiens, are actually very young. Very young, and that's we what he says. He's like basically portrays us to these aliens as if we just climbed out of the trees. Which honestly, in in terms of geological time, is in terms very of universal accurate. time, that's completely Yo, God, true. More so, yeah. And the things we have done, y'all. This is. Mm. We cannot be trusted sometimes. That's fair. Uh, but yeah. So, we, and I just really liked. I like that concept in a lot of science fiction of what happens if we survive. What happens if humans make yeah. it? Is Shouldn't that be the bigger question? It's not... Obviously, this is a science fiction world. In our real-time world, absolutely we should be focused on the things that are trying to kill I us right so. now. Yeah. Like, let's take care of our planet and also take care of each other and, like, maybe not do some sketchy, shitty things. Yeah. But... From an evolutionary perspective, in science fiction, you know, the powerful narrative comes a lot more from what happens if we make it? Yeah. And that, How are we going to navigate being thrown into this much bigger sphere? Yeah. Right now, we are big fish in a little pond. Yes. And what's going to happen when we are little fish in, in an infinite pond? pond. Of ocean and, yeah, the universal ocean. An infinite Amy Pond. Oh. <laughs> That's what he I'm says. I'm sorry. Though. Please don't. Please don't turn off the episode. No, that was please good. don't turn off it's, the episode. I mean, Doctor Who is very punny, yeah. and so why should we not be? But the name itself. The name itself. Doctor Who. But that's what he says. He talks about humans are so concerned with like the next thing that's going to kill them are they they always think the apocalypse is coming right but in fact they survive for another five billion years and this is five billion years from rose's time yeah so like we've been around for quite a while still before that yes. i mean still babies obviously as we've said but mm-hmm. yeah i mean he talks galactic about... infants yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and but you know that people are so concerned with oh this is all gonna kill us it's gonna kill us but they survive for five billion years but we see in Cassandra, what humans can become, but there's also other iterations of human. Yeah, she she's the styles worst example. The pure human, yeah, yeah. and this is a terrible example, but we'll, we'll get to her. I love her. I love thing. and hate her. That is because that's a really fun character like like it's so she's not unique. a good person no she's very unique though but she's a very see, unique person yeah. her personality traits i mean she's vain she's all of these things that are not i guess so we should unique, just but... jump right into her because oh, we're doing shit. we're doing okay. it anyhow. well okay so let's just do it yeah so okay like they're what's going on is the all of the alien races i think they what do they call it like the parade of nationalities or something like He's, that. He's... Well, the doctor calls it, like, the good and great of society. Yeah. And I just think it's incredibly fitting that, of course, the destruction of planet Earth 
is going to be a fancy cocktail party <laughs> for the rich and famous because that's exactly what would carry. And, yeah. you know, I don't like the idea that the human capitalist free market economy would continue even as we start, like, interplanetary travel, but, like, let's be real, it's probably fucking going to. I'm not okay with it. Like, I'm not down with it, but it's probably gonna linger because money is money. I mean, we're not going anywhere Money's gonna change in, like, physically what it is. He talks about the fact that the Money's gonna be money and greed is gonna be greed. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. The doctor says that the earth is being destroyed because they ran out of money to save it. To stop, to stave off. Basically, there's, like, a gravity field around it. Like, as if the earth should have naturally died much longer ago. It should have. But they were able to pay to have, you know, whatever these things Oh, and I did take a note of... On that. Um, oh, yeah. So when I was watching, I got a little too close to the mic, so if my voice got super <laughs> loud right there, that's probably why. I'm sorry if I just blew out your speakers. Um, so given that my degree is in anthropology, and I will talk about museums to anyone, anytime, for as long as I want. Okay. There will be no shame. I will never apologize. I love museums. I spend every birthday at a museum. But when we were watching, when I was watching this episode, I think it's really fun to look at the idea of keeping, like they kept a planet in its Air Bunnies classic Earth state hmm. because Rose mentions, well, wouldn't the continents have moved and shifted and stuff? And they would have. Yeah. But they shifted all of that to basically preserve it as an archaeological site and as a museum. So then that got me thinking, like, that's a really fun concept that I want to dive more into. The idea of what will museums and the idea of historical preservation be in the future. When it's a whole planetary concept. Yeah. And... Yeah, like, how will you, what will you define as the preservation of history when you're dealing with entire planets now? Well, entire, Sandra, I mean, think of what galaxies. she presented. As, she saw her version the of last preservation human, is or the last pure human. Well, her, she, she presents Britney Spears. She does. Um, she does. And, um, yeah, what is it's a one-hit wonder. What is that? They're not a one-hit yes, wonder. Yes, they are. No, they're not. From Coneheads. What are they? No. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, Tainted Love. Tainted Love. That's, soft Cell is not a one-hit yes, wonder. Yes, they are. Soft Cell is not Google, a one-hit Google wonder. Google is Soft Cell a one-hit wonder. I completely disagree <laughs> with you right well, now. Well, but... Okay. But... <laughs> There's and some, there's what else does she? What else does she? They just came out with a single. Ooh, soft selling pet shop boys. I'm about that. Oh, okay. she brings an ostrich egg and says that the ostrich had a wingspan of fifty feet and could breathe fire. Yes. And then Britney Spears and Our soft shell classic composers. <laughs> Soft cells. Let's just um, call it the internet, love. The internet is know. going to come for you. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> Wait, 
Not not both of us together? No, so probably, I'm not the one who's calling a one-hit wonder. Okay. Um, well, I think most people would agree. But that also is a perfect thing. So when you talk, you know, they're playing with the idea of of preservation and of knowledge and of memory and of culture and of history yeah. on this huge, now, like, massive scale. And also that the entire Earth is an archaeological site. And, of course, the reason that they would destroy an archaeological site is because they run out of money. Because yeah. in real life, it fucking happens all the time. Yeah. And here's this huge, amazing, like, temple structure. What well, we need it to be a road, so get the fuck out. Um... But also, like, the misinterpretation of yeah. history. But we've done that. We don't really fucking know what the hell happened in ancient no. Egypt or no, all no. these incredible things. And so that's what she picks out as being something that lasts. And it's interesting that she picks out these things that are really from our era. I mean, the ostrich obviously goes back further. But, like, Britney Spears and... What are they called? Well, soft shell? Soft cells. <laughs> Britney Spears. I mean, Toxic was fucking contemporary. Right, in but it's 2005. Like, th- like, if you think about, you know, what we in our culture now in 2022 are looking back at being, you know, archaeological sites. Yeah. There's, it's, it was more difficult for the cultures of that time to, like, have preservation, right? But now we have electronic music and now we have photos the internet and everything yeah, is saved like forever. things will be saved and it's interesting to think about well, like what future even like future generations or future like way in the f- five billion years in the future look back and see like what is ancient earth like to them britney spears probably was super fucking ancient because previous to that probably none of that exists any longer yeah because it just or very little of it to the point where they just see it as fucking Neanderthal because they just can't, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's been this, I mean, just over the past 150 years, the way that our technology has progressed and what will be saved of now versus what was saved of then to us is so exponentially fucking... There's a lot there. There's disparity. And I think maybe on, you know, on the outset, it seems like there's a lot less interpretation. But also... How can you tell the difference between things that are created for satire and things that are not, or deep fakes, right? Or edits? Oh my or god! Cuts, yeah, fan mates. I mean, we're getting better at even fooling ourselves oh, with, yeah. with misinformation, which is everywhere on the fucking oh, internet. Oh yeah, how and would they be able to interpret five thousand years in the future? How are you going to know which source is credible yeah. and which source? Isn't but it's funny from 2005 when this exists that they would choose Britney Spears and biggest pop star in the world. At the yeah, time. no, I know. It's, it's like it, it makes bitch. sense for that, but it also and it's like you can just chalk it up to like, well, that was from then, and that's what they thought of. But really, like you can chalk it up to that's how it would be because of the way that yeah. things are preserved. Yeah, it's I'm pretty sure if we actually had a time machine and went back in time, and brought who knows what insert anything from a museum and showed the person who was actually from that culture and be like was this super important they'd be like are you fucking high no no not at all yeah but if that's all there is why did you draw these illustrations in the margins of your illuminated manuscript, did they mean some conspiracy theory? Meanwhile, like, no. some monk is, no, I was, I was super fucking the name bored. of a guy that I liked. Yeah, and then yeah. I drew butts all day. <laughs> all day, I drew butts. butts. 
Do the butts. Do you want to know why? Because I'm sick of copying the same pages every day of my life, and I got bored. Mm -hmm. So here you go. Here's penises with wings. They mean (laughs) literally nothing. They mean penises with wings, because I thought... No, it's fertility, (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I mean, how many times? Is this a fertility statue? Well, we make No, I thought this was funny. Yeah, it's it's fertility, or it's war, or it's... Mm -hmm. You know, abundance, like whatever. And those are basic things, but yeah, it's, it's fascinating that part where Cassandra and we should talk about who she actually is. So now like, we bring in <gasps> Cassandra. Okay. <laughs> Does she, is she, she before or after? No, he comes in first and should I we mention love him. So the one, the one, the only, the only. Face, face of bow, the face Love of bow. Oh my god! And I said, so Katie, we should mention because we haven't. Katie does have a Doctor Who tattoo. I do. I have the TARDIS tattoo cool. in my arm. It's very cool. Will there be the more? TARDIS. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ab- this whole arm is going to yeah. be covered. If I were to get a Doctor Who tattoo, and I told Cam this, uh, it would one hundred percent be the face of bow. Thing is, you're really picking a doozy for your one and only tattoo. He is detailed. That's a lot of line work. But you could do. I mean, you could. I think. It. I'm not saying that it's not amazing. Like I'm just saying I, that you're going to be in the chair for a while. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's well, I around. say that, but I just think he is. For some reason, he to me is sort of the. He's the ultimate Easter egg of the entire series. Fair and. He just represents the journey of the doctor, the bending of time, the unexpected. I just mm-hmm. love, I love the Again, face Again, another character, I mean, at this stage, we're seeing him midlife, but... But we don't know that. But we don't know that. They so sort of intimate how timeline he is, but is we kind don't know. Of we're seeing his timeline backwards. Yes, which is what makes him so powerful. If we were introduced to the captain. Captain. <laughs> From the beginning. And I mean, and that's the amazing thing is you're introduced to the face of Bo, and then later you're introduced to the captain. And then you realize, through a very obvious hint, but then you also see that really mash up. I just love... The way that his character comes together, the way it's created, the way he's introduced as two different things that become one thing, yeah. but only you hear about it and then you see it. Yeah. I don't know. There's been the some really ultimate... good fan blogs off to send you that actually, like, on paper, like, spliced his timeline oh, to go, that. like, okay, so here's here's how it went down. Yeah. And I thought that that was really informative. I like that. And I like to how... To kind of cinch it all together. I mean, yeah. they do that with River Song, too, which is yes. fucking clutch. Oh, my God. She's... River Song's timeline is bananas. She's my potentially favorite character. I don't like saying things like that, but she's... Yet my... you say it every I time. I know, I know, I know. I but... stand by my faves. <laughs> I ain't got no shame. I don't do this with don't things. Have shame like, about much like in, in Harry Potter, I have my favorite character. And like and in everything else, I have my favorite Who thing. Who is your favorite character in Harry Potter? Oh. Uh, <laughs> and the twins. Fair. And the twins. And the I, twins. Okay, so it's two. But in the twins in the books, and I met the twins in real life, and I tried so hard not shit. to cry. I was cool. I cried the whole time in line up to meeting them. And then I was cool to meet them. Yes. And then when I left, I cried. So, you know, I would say I kept it together. I, 
I'm going to tell you right now that in no world do I ever want to meet one of my celebrity heroes, which is a double-edged sword, because I would love to interview them. Yeah. But also, I don't want to meet you because I can't keep it together. I I can't. I will go into a fugue state. I will remember nothing. (laughs) I will remember no one. I will not know my name. I actually feel like... I met Jason Segel, who I love. Like, love. And I was super cool. So he wrote a book and I, and he came to Denver and that's okay. Yeah. We live in Colorado. We know that. We already said that. Yeah. (laughs) Denver is a big ass city. (laughs) And he wrote a book and I went to the thing and I thank you, my oldest brother for being like, Hey, it was a last minute thing. Corey was like, Jason Siegel is going to be in Denver tonight. You have to go. And I was like, Holy fuck. And so I went and anyway, and I met him and I was super cool and he was super cool for like the two minutes. And that's the thing. You meet them for two minutes and it's fine. And then I went out and the door shut behind me and I just, just bawled, just bawled. Just lost it. Yeah. Just lost See, it. See, the problem is if I, I suppose I should amend my earlier statement. I don't want to just do like a two minute. I want to have, <coughs> let's. Like, let's do an interview. Like, let's have some fucking drinks yes. and, like, get into oh, some shit. Oh, that would be Because intense. if I don't get to actually handle talk minutes, to but... you about the creation of a craft or how you really feel about a fandom or I notice that you seem to be pulling these things. Like, I'm talking, fake. like, legit deep dive. Yeah. Not like, so tell me about your workout routine for this role. No. Ew. Get fucked. Yeah. Like... It seems like you pulled this sort of Socratic method in your delivery of these lines. Was that on purpose? Yeah. Like, if we can't talk about that, and I can't get a grip on my emotions in order to cobble together some sentences, (laughs) then I don't want to humiliate myself by going, (laughs) and then I leave. Because that's what (laughs) happened when I got, even within visual distance of David Tennant, I couldn't move. Yeah. I just stood and at the gate watching the line move. What was this scenario? This was at the Fan Expo. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, and I was just like, oh. Was that this year? No, this was pre, pre-2020. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. This was okay. 2018. Okay. I think. Uh, I dressed up as a steampunk Cheshire cat. Cool. To go with our friend's Alice in Wonderland theme. It was fun. It was really hot. It was roasting. Um, Was I near him? No. Could I hear anything? Absolutely not. And wanted to die. I saw the top of his brown head, and I knew (laughs) that it was there. The spikiness. Did he have the spikiness? And even that, I I just was like, I don't. I don't want to leave. I don't want to stay. I don't really know what's happening here. Yeah. Something and powerful. my friends were like, well, do you want to go take a picture? And I was like, no. No, no, no. Absolutely no, not. No, no. Absolutely not. I'm just going to stand here like a love. dumb fool. And then we finally, I was like, well, I do want to go get a poster. Well, yeah. So I, we ended up leaving and going back onto the floor and stuff like that. But all of that to say <laughs> is I would love to like be like, let's talk about Scrooge McDuck. My dude. Because he voices the new Scrooge McDuck That's in amazing. the new DuckTales. I didn't know that. Um, and I just love... You know, stuff like that. He's a stranger. Like, okay, now we're going to sing DuckTales? Well! <laughs> Woo! Um, 
and he dies into so the bowl. So all it's of that great. to say that meeting my Doctor Who heroes. Your I don't know who heroes. My who my heroes. Heroes. That sounds like I'm heroes. Hero, heroes. Oh, it's like I'm trying to say good. a sandwich and I got it wrong. Good. Anyways, <laughs> Cassandra. Oh God, yeah. Okay, so we were Cassandra's face of bow. And the face I was of saying bow. I would oh, get yeah, that tattoo, but then that River Song is actually fucking awesome, and then we got in. We really went off for yeah, a while. We did. So that's fine. We who cares? Let people know in the first episode that we were going to talk about all kinds of other things. Yeah. It's our show. Yeah. Harry Potter. Especially. And I appreciate people sticking with us, but you know, tangents are par for the course. That's sure, what sure. happens. Yeah. So, your so, thoughts on Cassandra. Oh, Cassandra. So, she styles herself the last pure human. Yes. And is obsessed with the idea of purity, I think, above all and else. Purity, thinness. beauty, vanity, thinness. Thinness. She's yes. a very Western... and But flatness. Flatness. She calls it flat. She, yes. Right? Being flat. To the point of she's had 700 plus surgeries. I mean, she's a to, piece of skin. She is literally a piece of stretched out Stretched skin. out. She has to get moisturized Gross. with acid. Like, she's an upright trampoline with a face. Um... Rose calls her a bitchy trampoline. <laughs> Greatest <she>? insult. <laughs> yeah, she's like, look at you, bitchy trampoline. It's amazing. I love that. It's true. Oh, my God. I love it. And she, and then she talks about her next thing is bleaching her veins. Because that is something a little yeah. bit, like, off-putting. Well, if all of it's not off-putting. All of it's off-putting. The fact that her veins are continuously pulsing with blood. Because her do brain is in that. a jar. Yeah. And they animate that, though, which I appreciate. That's like they show the blood pulsing through the veins yeah. throughout her skin body. And also just to give another shout out to Harry Potter, because the actress that plays her also plays Madame Hooch. Madame Hooch. Which I fucking love. Um, and I will make the Harry Potter comparison whenever applicable. Uh, but yeah, Cassandra is fantastic, because we get introduced to her, and... And the idea that she is the last... It, first of all, we get introduced, introduced to her as if she's, she's the last human. She's just self-ascribed yes. last human. She says last human. And then we find out throughout the episode that the humans have actually, you know, left Earth, populated other places, done other things, blah, blah, blah. And we find out more about that as the hoodum progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and the doctor says it, too. He's like... He does. Well, And, and actually, Rose, even. Cassandra says it, but she thinks... Yeah. She says it as an last insult. pure human. She says that they intermixed and yeah. interbred oh, yeah. and blah, 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 yes, yeah. which like, let's be real. That's just fucking straight human. up racism. Yeah. Um, nature. But so, so then, so she's the last human and then we find out that humans have actually progressed off of earth. And then she says, well, that's pure human. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, she's, she's very like, vain and obsessed Father with flatness, a- purity, Bleaching her blood yeah. to the point of yeah. She had a ton of surgeries. She does 700. say hundred. She does say I like that she says her father was a Texan and her mom was from the Arctic desert. <laughs> and I was I like, Oh that. god, global warming. Okay, the Arctic is a desert. Um Oh god. And she also mentions <clears throat> when she grew up, she says when I was a little boy. And Rose kind of raises her eyebrows. That. And I was like, hell yeah. Dude, that. Hell yes. yeah. That is amazing. And I would love to, because she is such a purist, the fact that she's become, I mean, she, I don't know that like, she she's, says that she's, she's a changed. female, but she's obviously she styled herself as such. Yeah. 
but she's such a purist, but she's not above, you know, transgender. She's uh, well, I think yeah. she, I think it's pretty Which much is, that just like she wants. But hopefully that's where the world goes, right? I like, hope so. You should be able to fucking yeah. do what you want. But that is, and but it's so sandwiched in. That's it's so sandwiched it's in. Like if you don't catch nine. it, yeah, she's just like when I was a little boy, blah 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 blah. Moving on, and you see Rose's eyebrow up. raise a little bit, and that's it. Yeah, though. that's but, it. They don't address they're it. They're the future because they don't need yeah. the future. They're like, yeah, and mm-hmm. so what? Which is fantastic, so especially what? for a character like it's, her though. That's such a you can do whatever you want. Like yeah. it, there's people here basically, who are just a, a face. She's a bigot, basically, and she. But you know. Yeah. She ends up being a terrible oh, adult, but she yes. has a fascinating but history. But it's fascinating that we see her again. Spoilers. Yes. Because she... I mean, really... She dies at the end of the episode, so we think. And then she comes back and we actually get to Surprise. see... Yeah. We actually get to see her pre-flatness, <laughs> which is phenomenal. Yeah. And see the actual actress and... She just... It's, it's just like what we are talking about, the face of Bo, where it's like you think... That this parade of aliens, you know, these parade of races, parade of nations, whatever they call it, is just like, oh, look at all these things out there, crazy, and blah, 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 it's not a big thing. But Cassandra mm-hmm. and the face of Bo are a very big deal. Yeah. Especially the face of Bo. And it's They amazing. are massive recurring characters. They are massive. And, and other... they're fascinating. Yeah. And it's amazing to see them come back. But you don't know. In this episode, you don't know that they're going to come back and the way that they return and the way that the face of Bo especially becomes just, I just love it's really good. Yeah. And they're still also great examples of the progression and evolution of the perseverance of life. Yeah. And perseverance. And I think this episode does a really good job when it talks about the lens of like humanity and that humanity isn't physical characteristics or thing. It's your ability to feel and empathize and change. And humanity's best adaptation is that we can change. Yes. Um, and for, you know, for better or for worse. And hopefully I would like to think for better. I mean, also I did put in my notes in all caps, which I found (laughs) hilarious. Of course we would bone our way through the universe. No. <laughs> of course we I mean, do. That's what we it's did. It's basis of human nature. That is how we became a species. That's, We yeah. boinked everything. And even her quote, um, I kept it at the end because I... I said it in my own head, and then I laughed when Cassandra's like, they say mankind has touched every star in the sky. And then she's all, like, sassy about interbreeding, but in my head I was like, more like, fucked it. (laughs) And then I lolled, because we did. And of course we would. Like, homo sapiens had sex with so many other hominid species. Yeah, and surely that's, that's not that's just what human happens. nature. I mean, most, you know, like other, all these aliens that we're seeing on these other planets, like, yeah, I'm sure you they think don't we're all not reproduce try? the same way we're that humans try. do, but surely, like, that idea of reproduction exists in other yeah. planetary We're gonna figure species. it out. Yeah. And you know what? I'm pretty sure that so humans just, would like, be game not even to just try some other nature. ways of 
reproduction. I'm sure. pretty sure that we would be down with doing oh, it. Oh, my God. By that point, yeah. We'd be like, sure, Dude, why not? Brave New World. Fuck. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what is this? Test tube. Let's try it. Species. Let's figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, I think, I mean, that is, that's kind of, like, this episode alone is great for all the reasons we've talked about, but the introduction of Cassandra and the Face of Bo is... Are really good. <sighs> yeah. They're really good. I... I really appreciate Rose and her real need to, like, find something to be grounded in. Yeah. As you mentioned earlier, because I think that's probably the realest, most accurate depiction of what it would be like to travel through time and space. Well, like, as a, as a like, human, yeah. you know, we need to relate to things. We create meaning through being able to center or ground ourselves or relate to something or anything. So when you're pulled so far from that, she's surrounded by aliens. The earth is completely unpopulated and about to be destroyed. Yeah. And she doesn't know who this guy is. And that she has a little bit of a, it's not an existential crisis. It's like, what have I done? Crisis. Like she went, okay. That's the other thing that's amazing about this episode is, we were talked about this. It's being this sort of bougie setup, right? Like only the rich of the, like the richest of the cultures can come and be there at the end mm-hmm. of the earth. And there are these people that are like a, a hospitality. I don't say a hospitality race. They're the hospitality on the workers. Ship, yeah. Workers, on the ship. Yeah. Are not allowed to speak unless they are given permission. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Because this is an elite yeah. party. And so that bougie has never gone away, which is a bummer. But she also relates to the most air bunnies, human people possible, yeah. as people who are working there. Yes, yeah. Although she made, made the com- Rose makes a comment about being the aliens are just so alien. Like, she didn't expect aliens to be so alien. Yeah. And they are, though. Like, that parade of races, whatever, that they do is, like, they, 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 you know, yeah. they got creative as shit with and that. And the doctor's really quick to remind her, well, what are you talking about? But to them, they are. you're an alien. Yeah. And she, she's, I feel like she almost says it knowing that she's saying something ridiculous, but she has to say it to, yeah. like, get over it. Yeah. Um, but she talks about the aliens being so alien, and then she has an encounter with sort of, like, the hospitality staff aboard the ship who have blue skin and look very alien and, like, yellow eyes and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, like, humanoid, whatever, and they're very they're beautiful people, and they, some well, they speak English because, as we find out in this episode, the TARDIS, the TARDIS translates, translates all languages. And How Rose is convenient. like, what the fuck? Well, they'd have to. <laughs> it's a good... It's a good way to get past that plot point, but, um, so Rose encounters this, uh, I think she's like an electrician or something that she's sent to like, yeah, plumber, right. And that's that's when she calms down. Electric work. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the, all the plumbing system is totally automated. Sure. Oh, they talk about how the whole thing is automated and like, oh, and that's when the doctor brings up the, and it's unsinkable and it's all these things. That's when the doctor brings up the fact that he's been on another unsinkable ship. When it's having issues. Yeah, there's yeah, nobody. Nothing goes when Jade yeah. says nothing goes wrong. Yeah, bullshit. Jade. Famous last words. Yeah, but Rose meets this hospitality staff, and she tries to talk to her, and the staff sound, stands sort of, you know, idle, and and says, "You have to give me permission to speak." Yeah, and then she's like, "Well, what the fuck?" Like, yeah, so, and Rose, that's, that's not weird. the first time Rose does that. Like, 
has an interaction with somebody that she doesn't understand or not that she doesn't see as being someone that should be oppressed. Like she finds out they're oppressed and she's like, that's fucked up. You know, makes a good companion because a good companion is also going to speak for the underdog. Right. And is unjudgmental towards, you know, those people that Mm -hmm. she, that are oppressed and for reasons that she doesn't understand why, like, why would they be? Why would they be? She doesn't see it like that. Yeah. Why would I need to give you permission to speak? Yeah. You're a living thing. Right. The permission is implicit. Right. That's implied. Of course. Exactly. Yeah. You can speak. Yeah. But around rich people. Yeah. Exactly. Also, rich people having a cocktail party at the destruction of the earth. That says a lot right there. That says so much. And, you know, it seems, it is really kind of cold and kind of harsh, like, if you think about it. They're but celebrating also, it, but it is still. given yeah. the last two years, <laughs> we absolutely did that. Mm-hmm. Um, humans absolutely did that. I'm thinking of specific celebrities who hosted like parties on islands Ew. in the middle of a pandemic Ew. while millions of people are dying Yeah, and they're like, let's get on my private yacht. And it's like, you know, not awesome. Okay. So then I was watching this episode and I was like, well, that fucking hits home like that. even in a different way yeah. after the last years we've had. Well, maybe that's part of what makes Rose feel a little more alienated because it's not until she's talking to that hospitality staff that tells her that she has to get permission to talk that she finds, or like she's talking to her and then she sort of is like, well, I just, you know, I took off in this TARDIS with this person and and as she's talking she realizes like oh my god i just took off with a stranger my friends and family yeah. don't, I don't really know i him. left them i don't know is this okay like she suddenly realizes oh my god what have i done as like a i think she's like 20 years old at this point yeah 19 or 20 so yeah. she's super young yeah and she's just in talking to this person and and finds like empathy in oh, yeah. this person you know, em- like she portrayed empathy for them, and then they like reciprocate. And and this is after she says that the aliens are so alien. And then she, I think this is her first introduction to realizing that, like, even across space and time and planets and all that, that like you can find some commonality. Yeah, I there's would, I would always say, like, commonality. Yeah, it's and it's I don't not going gonna... you call it across planets, but like that sort of like connection you know of being people yeah well the the folks who make make the world run are far more relatable than the folks who maintain control of it yeah they they're always gonna be sort of aloof and and elite yeah but and that made me wonder when i was again watching watching the episode and thinking about like how much of Humanity's social bonds are created through shared meaning. That's that is what we do. Yes, that is how we well, relate, how we relate to, one to things and relate to one another. We create meaning through like literally what we're doing right now with a fandom or sports or religion or cultural norms, language, all of it. And I was thinking, like, how the fuck? Do you form meaning and social bonds when you're going from, like, planet to planet? Because, like, band-level 
kinship groups are 30 to 50 people max. And then after that, you need other bonds yeah. that are bigger and that can tie larger groups of people together in order to make society, like, not fucking break down. So, like, how do you... How do interplanetary federations create shared meaning when you have absolutely nothing in common with each other? Well, I think they all... I mean, and, I know Star Trek has tackled about... that bureaucracy but like there's got to be a different answer there is and i mean i yes and i don't i'm not saying i have the answer but all life forms have life in common right which means that we have death in common and all of these life forms gathering together to talk to marvel at the end of life of a planet that they all have some connection with, right? Or they wouldn't be there. Because surely it's not a display of all life forms ever in all They've planets. They probably all boinked a human in their day. Something. Like, something makes them want to marvel at the end of the Earth. So, what brings us together is the fact that we all are alive and have a death. And they are marveling at the death of this thing. Because, like, we were talking about sharks. And <laughs> earlier, like sharks. And, and like things that are scary but fascinating, and death is one of those things. It's scary and fascinating. Yeah. Um. So I think that that's a commonality, and it, and I mean I think it goes like in a smaller perspective, like Rose talking to that, and I can't remember her name, but that staff that she after she just got done saying that the aliens are so alien and feeling alienated from yeah. them and then making a connection with one and realizing she realizes what not. they have in common are the things that are basic and being human, I'm going to say basic like human nature, but it's, you know, whatever living thing, nature, like they actually had something in common. They have in so common what... is that the man sucks. Well, yeah. Overthrow Look, the oppressive oligarchy. Destroy the hierarchy. Well, I don't think that's what any of the people there are doing because they're like no. it's a bougie situation. That's what Rose and but the Rose plumber and are going to do. Yeah, or like, yeah, but Rose is just kind of recognizing that she, you know, the plumber has this side to her that's just a person. I'm sorry for the Air words because she's normal. Like I kind of wanted to say, like human. It's you know, something whatever, Rose but. recognizes. Rose recognizes yeah, she, being at work, having yeah, a problem. She thinks she's to go alien and, and is surprised by how she has a connection with her. Yes, and that's what they're all there for is to marvel at this end of this thing. Yes, and and that's their connection for being there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. So and then the platform goes to and hell the in a handbasket. Go, and that's how the doctor works, too, is things are fine, and, like, here's all these things going on, and then it's like, oh, shit. Like, shit gets quick. Shit gets real mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Cassandra's trying to get some money. But we don't know that, right? Because you... We don't okay, know that so the, the, so the, the peace offering, which is so fucking great. I love that. So, when this this Parade of Races, whatever they call it, there's a name for it, something like that. Parade of Nations. <laughs> something. And they all have an offering, right? So they bring their offering. In peace, take this offering. And, like, the Jade... The appearance of the repeated meme. Yes! Jade, who is... As she says later that they're basically tree people and they're descended from the trees on earth which i think is fantastic yes 
And they're offering, she says, I think she calls it a clipping or sapling or whatever from her grandfather, mm-hmm. who is like an important individual on their planet. Yes. It's like a, it's like a twig from this grandfather tree person who is actually a five billion year later descendant of the trees on earth, which is yeah. fantastic. So that's their offering. And then there's another race who look like basically grim reapers and they offer these little silver balls and I don't remember what they say about what they are, or they don't say. They just, because it's just the the meme, and they say, a gift of peace in all good faith. Yes. And that's yeah. It. And that's what everybody says about yeah. their thing. And they hand it off, and they look like Grim Reapers. Um, the one from, like, Scrooge, like, the really, with the big cloak, and they're really scary. Um, and then, <laughs> so the doctor, they're coming up to the doctor to off- make these offerings, mm-hmm. and he has to have something in return, and so he says... And I may offer you the air from my lungs and just breathes on them. (laughs) I love it. Well, there's another one in there who gives uh, bodily saliva. Yes. So I think he was like, oh, shit, and then knew culturally this will work. I feel like, yes. I feel like he very much was like, okay, here's the thing. What do I think of this will work? But he says it as if, like, he's not scrambling when it happens in the moment, but maybe he scrambled minutes before. But it was fantastic, and people were like, like Jade was like, this, like I'm a fresh friend so or whatever. It's so intimate. That's what she says, and it's just amazing. She like, got the hots for him. Well, yeah, because she, and especially when she finds out who he is, which is the first time that any other than Clive, but Clive doesn't know, but she knows who he is. And we get yeah, to that. Clive but doesn't know he's a Clive he's a time know. lord. Yes, but Jade, Jade does. knows, and but she doesn't know until she does know, but. Yeah, the intimate factor of it, and she's she loves the gift. Like, it's an appropriate gift in this situation, which is just so funny. Going, mm-hmm. like, breathing on all these just dignitaries from random planets. But what is, is more intimate gift. than you giving a piece of yourself to the another air from your lungs. As a show of trust. Yeah. You can't survive without the air in your lungs. No. But, and, and so it's, it's, I don't feel as though he scrambled last minute. I feel like... He knew that it was an actual gift and would be appropriate in the scenario, but he also appreciated the fact that he didn't really have to plan ahead or do anything much more of than course, that. Of course, You know? The doctor uses everything like, to his he's advantage. He's got this smirk on his face when he does it that's like, this is fucking genius. But, but it's not necessarily totally last minute. Cause but he's it's a, fucking genius because it is. Because he's perfect. a snarky bitch and I'm he here is. for it. He is. Yeah. We're here and for he it. knows that he is. <laughs> Like, that's part of his M.O. I agree. It's just so good. I think, like we talked about, Eggleston is fucking just as fantastic at the Doctor as anyone. He just didn't get as much time. And I think if he had more time, we'd have more... Obviously, we'd have more to dive into, but... Anyway, I, I just think great. from the he's off. absolutely great as And he doctor. almost, like, because I've not seen any of the old episodes. I would love to at some point. But he sort of sets the tone, right, for what it's supposed to be, which is, like, all these different emotions mm-hmm. in one. He's, now, he is playing off. The original he is, he is pulling from a lot of yeah. the his predecessor yeah. doctors. I mean, William Hartnell becomes, becomes quirkier. Tom Baker is like a really quirky. There's there's that edge of like have that like anger but sadness. Some of them do. It depends. It depends on the actor. It depends on. I've not seen any of it. On the time, but I feel like Um, Eccleston sets the tone. But there's, he's pulling from 
who the Doctor is before. Yeah. The Doctor is a very complex, multifaceted character who comes off as very carefree and happy-go-lucky and quirky and aloof mm-hmm. and snarky yeah, and arrogant, right. razor-sharp wit, very wry, uh, but also but there is a very loving, well, deep, loving, deep well of memory caring. that is yeah. in him. And the doctors, you know, the doctors in the original iteration of the show add on to that as time goes on. And I really think you see it. They all have great monologues. They all have spectacular moments. But I think it's really in New Who, like from Eccleston on out, where you see them pull from that history and use it. And again, I haven't watched very much of the OG I would Doctor love Who. to watch some of the old stuff. And I remember like when I first got into Who and not really understanding what the hell I was watching and didn't know that like there are so many lost episodes. Like there are mm-hmm. there is a huge chunk of this universe that just doesn't exist any longer except for in the minds of those who saw it when it was Yeah. Or there's thing, some which is also like clips in serious fascinating. Shows. Yeah. But some of them there's well, they a bring local... out they bring like Baker and some others into the new like in those little snippets of yeah, yeah. but that's but yeah the fact that there's so much of it lost just it cre- I mean it creates this extra like thrill mystery want mm-hmm. right like yeah. There's yeah. reviews of the episodes. Yeah. Because um, I remember, I think it was after, I think it was after the first, like, after Eccleston, I was like, I'm going to go back and watch the whole old thing. And I was like, oh, you can't, yeah, you can't watch, yeah, you can't watch a ton can't of it. You can't just do that. Well, it's <laughs> even harder for Americans to watch the classic hit. I wasn't able to find um, any of it. I'm sure it's easier now, but that was, Sometimes it's shit, on the know, late night, a lot of years ago, cable, local cable access channel. Oh, shit. Sometimes they'll show it. And I get very excited about that. Um, so, we're on the platform. The platform goes to hell in a handbasket, because Cassandra's trying to steal some money, and the Doctor has to save the day again. Yeah. Which, also... We don't know it's Cassandra. She that's sets pretty it up standard. To be that's part of the course. She tries to make it seem like it's the adherence of the and repeated they name. even do a good job at, it's not even, it's like, it's that foreshadowing that's not foreshadowing, it's just that feeling... You know, mm-hmm. in the beginning where they're handing off the little silver balls. Because they look really ominous. And they're like, yeah. But it's, it's, yeah. But they. It's like the obvious bad guy. But there's something more than that. It's like the way that they present their peace gift. You mm-hmm. know, that you're like, hmm. You seem sketchy. Mm. But then, like yeah. the doctor said, the adherence of the repeated meme, they aren't a, a race or a species. They're pieces of technology. They're A meme is literally an idea. Yeah. So they're not alive yeah. in any sense. They're just machinery. Yeah. And that machinery had so been it's cold. That's hacked. That's why it feels awkward. Yeah. yeah. Had been hacked by Cassandra, which yeah. we then learn. Yeah, when the little spiders go home to their... Dude, those spiders yeah. instantly looked... They looked like the robots from Phantom Menace that are helping in the pod race. Thank you. Because you I'm like, the nose. where the fuck do these look... So- Thank you. Because yes. I'm like, these look just like... Something. Thank you. Yes. Phantom exactly the same. Yeah. And I, I love those robots in I'm Star like, Wars. And I spiders. Love them. Well, they're because they're little, little spies. Well, they're little spies. Yeah. Little spiders. They're mm. little hackers. They're yeah. So they're essentially like a virus. Yeah. Right. She's she's releasing a virus. Yeah. They get into everything. And the steward and then, dies. Yeah. I'm okay with that. 
Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Is that something I should say? It's something I just did say. Well, but they make... I mean, it's... Everyone's okay with it. Because yeah. you don't form a connection. You feel bad, but you don't form a major connection. Right? Like, it's not like... Yeah. No, that's... I mean, those are auxiliary it's not characters. Clive. Clive. I mean, well, okay, so that's actually a good point. Is like, we go on why do we plus feel sad about Clive? about Clive? Why do we feel sad about Clive but not about the steward? Because they had probably equal screen time and equal like interaction with Rose. Is it because he's human? No, I think it's because it's the family. steward is kind of cold. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing about him that's particularly emotional he's just working and doing his job well, what about like all he is dies? i don't remember her name see i don't remember her name and i remember, remember the planet that she lives on crispalia but i can't remember her name see um this is what i mean it's like we there was a connection with her it's sad when she dies because you're like oh boo but they also she and rose have a very friendly conversation whereas the first time we see the steward he's yelling at him about yeah. even being on the platform what i mean like i can see this like the Stuart and Clive not having a comparison of death, but like her and Clive. And I see I say her, I don't even know her name. But and they take her well, it's maybe it's like the way it's like she's like, Hey you little spider guys and then she's just she like, comes off as sweet and the gone. steward doesn't come off as particularly sweet. No, but you know what? That's maybe also, that's on me. But, but Clive's importance to Rose, we talked about, and her importance to Rose is that aliens are not so alien as she thinks. Mm-hmm. And that's but really the big too. Just kind of there. The steward is like whatever. He's, He's whatever. So but he like, gets fried to a crisp. Yeah. Because the shields. Yeah. Which, by the way, why do those exist? Like, if you're on a vessel that is so close to the Earth, which is about to die, that if your shields come up, everybody inside gets fried. Why do those exist? Just have the shields. Be, like, why is there an option? Have it permanently? I don't know. Well, I was thinking, and this is morbid, but, like, maybe some people go onto that vessel because they're, like, attached to the earth and they just want to, like, go down with the ship kind of a deal. I don't know. But why they're not even close exist? enough to the earth for that to happen. No, no, no. But I mean, like, you could die on the vessel with the earth. Oh. I don't know. Because why else would that exist? It's just a plot point. I read too much it's into it. It's just plot it. points. It's just because they have to raise and lower the shields because yeah. she put in the virus and now it's all gone wrong. I know. And then the doctor has to save the day. I like to think about, like, why does that exist? Because we're here to analyze. It's true. Mm. That's a good point. I don't know. I thought it was silly. But there's going to be things like that. Because, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like this series isn't a little campy. But that's also oh, it's super part campy. of why it's fucking great. Right? I love it. Yeah. And then Jade, and they have that really sweet moment where like she Jade. apologizes for him losing his planet. Um, yeah. Well, that's cool because this is the first time. So, like, Clive is the only person besides Rose that knows about the Doctor. At mm-hmm. least as far as he can know. Yeah. But Jade actually legitimately knows who he is, what he is, where he comes from, and why he's important. Yeah. Which is, I mean... And they have that touching moment. Yeah. And then... And she, she sacrifices. sacrifices. And she doesn't sacrifice herself for him. She sacrifices herself to help him help everyone on board. Yeah. Which is fantastic, knowing that most of the people on board are kind of just bougie assholes. But But not everyone. Not. The face of Bo is super important. I think I'm just saying... He does. Although we don't... Dick. We actually really don't see... know... 
we don't have much interaction with him. We don't know. We but just we also him. don't know that anyone on board is actually a bougie asshole except for Cassandra. That's true. So they may not be. We but are just making assumptions. We are. But it also feels like. <laughs> I mean, you're there having like cocktails. Yeah, the staff can't talk. The staff can't talk to you until you give them like, permission. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be rude. Never, <clears throat> ever, ever be rude to the people who are working at an event. No. Don't ever be rude to them. It's true. Don't ever be rude to them. You're not any better than them. It sucks that some people have to be told that. Some people have never worked in the hospitality industry. But also, here's the... And it shows. Oh my God, it shows. But here's the point, and not to get off on a tangent, because I was a bartender for a long time, but like... Don't fuck with people. As they say in waiting, don't fuck with people that serve your food and drinks. How dumb are you to be rude to I those know. people? Like, how how dumb and elite are you to think that you could just, like, that they'll just be fine with you being a dick? Yeah. It's stupidity. It's and stupidity. also elitist. And undeserved. Like, you're not any better. You're not any different than them. No. You're just in certain roles. Because that person's making money. You're kind of worse. This one you day. Have no awareness of other people's fucking yeah experiences in life. Yeah. So anyway. the world is a tough enough place, y'all. Yeah. Any other um, hot takes? Well, naturally, the doctor then saves the day because Jade sacrifices herself, and then he rescues Rose. And then they go back to the earth so that she can feel grounded and at home. And I really like that after she has that super emotional moment, you know, thinking about the world being destroyed. All those years and all that history and no one even saw. Because they got so distracted with the bullshit that Cassandra was putting on. Trying to stay alive. Trying to save everything. She's like, her planet, her earth, like, dies and no one even was paying attention. Because they were distracted by... This quote unquote last human. Mm-hmm. That bitch. And I I just really like that you know, they go back to the earth in her they go back to her right time. Then. Yeah. And yes. it's so natural that after having such an extreme emotional experience like that. That humans get hungry. <laughs> I and love she that. Goes, I, what do you like, want? I want chips. And she's—it's just because she smells it. Mm-hmm. She smells it. And she goes, I "Want chips?" I want and chips. she says it like with such yearning. Like yeah. it's beautiful the way that she says, "I want to eat some fucking French fries yeah. right now." I comfort. She wants comfort. So I want, I want comfort food. Yeah, you know? and she goes, "And you can buy." Yep. And then he goes, "I don't have any I don't money." Have any money. <laughs> And, it's like, and that's like a, like, it's a small, and they talk about it a few times, like, oh, the doctor just doesn't really have money, and it's like, how does he get by? But he's, he's a doctor, a and so it's whatever, he has he can get money whenever he He has psychic paper, actually, this, this episode is the first yeah, introduction of psychic paper. paper, which is fucking also, phenomenal. money isn't real, doctor doesn't no, need No, I know, but The doctor just, doesn't need money. And you can buy, I don't have any money. And, <laughs> and that's how the episode ends. Like, that's a very heavy episode. And they end it with Rose and the doctor eating fucking french fries that she has to pay for. And it's just fucking great. Like, because it, it just, like, you have to come back, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have to, because Rose is 
equally as important as the doctor the first fucking episode of the reboot is called rose yeah and she is so important and that's not to be forgotten and they come back to having this outer world crazy experience and end it with coming back and showing her that the earth is still alive now and everything's okay and we're gonna eat some fucking french fries and it's gonna be fine it's yeah. gonna be great yeah it's a re- it ends on a really nice note of humanity. Yeah. And and just comfort. And who doesn't love a french fry? <laughs> oh. That I is just, exactly what I would want yeah. too. Yeah. And the way that she God's just like for, God, they're walking down eat. the street, she smells it. Just the way she she's just I just love Billy Piper, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good delivery. It's so good. It's a really good reaction. Yeah. Cuz I've had that reaction. After really intense bouts of emotion, yeah, you're Sometimes just like you just need some fucking comfort food. I'm starving. Yeah, I don't. You know, well, we'll, it we'll piece it all back together. You. Yeah, because your body and your mind and everything. She is almost so... died. She almost got fried. She did, and that—that's another thing. Is that was like, I mean, before she goes with the doctor in the first episode, she asks like, "Will it always be this dangerous?" And he—he. He, that's another thing I love about he the says, doctor. Yeah. He says yes. He's always very honest almost to a fault or not to a fault but like to shamelessness to some points because he's not human and we forget that until he reminds us but in the first episode she asks will it be so dangerous and he says yes and she goes anyway she doesn't go and then she does go but then in this one i think i mean as a 19 20 year old girl danger fine you know like oh scary but fine but then when she legit almost dies, because I don't think she felt that fear of almost death in the first episode. I think the second mm-hmm. one, she was like, oh, fuck, I'm literally about to die. Yeah. When the stupid shield that shouldn't exist comes up. Well, the shields should exist, but they shouldn't have the ability to come off. But, and then she's like, oh my God. And then she has that moment and she's questioning, I just took off with this fucking stranger. And then it comes all back around, and then she's like, okay, again, because they're eating fucking french fries together. Yeah. But it's, it, and it sounds ridiculous, but it's not. Like, it's real, because the doctor and the companion, like, they just, it just is. Like, that's, it's powerful, and yeah. it's important, and it's safety in, like, a weird way. Yeah. So. It's at least familiar. Yeah. 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 It's, ugh. That is a, that is always a good episode where the more you watch it, the better it gets. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Those are the powerful ones. Like I said, there are some that are just like, that was fun. Yeah. But there are some They're ep- throwaways. Yeah. And there's plenty of those, but more so, I mean, we wouldn't be having this podcast if there weren't more episodes that were just super powerful like mm-hmm. that. Like More often yeah. than not. There, there aren't that many where I think like. I don't have to watch that one. I watched it one time six years ago. Yeah, like, I and it's know fine. It. You know that it's and it's still fun. That and usually doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. But there are a lot of great ones that are just. And this one isn't even well. Um, Face of Bo and Cassandra become you know ongoing mm-hmm. thing. But other than that, it's not like major plot points except for just to introduce everything in such a beautiful way. And like Rose, I think finally gets what she's really gotten into, and she still chooses to continue on yeah and then you and you have to make that choice as a companion because she's a badass she is a badass um any other thoughts or feels i just feel great (laughs) (laughs) i just love that episode so fucking much and there will be other ones that i can't wait to 
explore. But yeah, this one always sticks with me. Like I said, I always feel like it's the first episode until I remember that it's not. But it, but it really is. Like it's really the jumping off of their journey. Yeah. You know, the first one is very. It's a pilot. Like pilots don't necessarily have to be part of the rest. Yeah. Um, just to introduce things, and then this is the first episode, and I love that they start at the end or the end is the start of their beginning or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's fucking great. It is. And I fucking love great. that we get the face of Bo right yes. away. If face of Bo. Face of Bo. <laughs> if uh if you... anyone wants to contribute to uh my tattoo for the face of Bo, you can send us money at I'm just kidding. That's not real. <laughs> we don't have that set up yet. I'm just kidding. But uh, but you know what you can send us? You can send us Doctor Who fan stories. Tell us what you love about the face of Bo. <laughs> about the face of Bo. Any of it. Or any other characters. Or any other Doctor Who tidbits. Or trivia that I can get horribly wrong. Yes. Um, send us a crossword. I used to make Harry Potter crosswords when I was a kid for my friends, and I thought they were a real treat. Oh, okay. So nice. if someone would make a, a, a Doctor Who crossword, crossword, yes, that send that. That'd be super okay. Cool. I'd do it. That'd be fun. I'm That's game. Fun. I'll play around. Maybe we can make um, one. Put it on our blank Insta. Which, sorry, it's someday. still kind of blank, but we'll get there. I have some we'll ideas. F- figure it out. Yeah. Anyways, if you want to send us any emails or nice comments. Again, please no mean things. Mm-mm. We're just starting out. Constructive criticism, We're doing I think, our best. is okay. Right? Don't say that to me. Oh, okay. No. Don't say good. that to the internet. Never mind. Never mind. Internet, don't come um, for us. <laughs> but you, no can, can, no you can send them to two girls and a tardis at gmail.com. Is it the number And that two? is the number two <laughs> girls and a tardis at gmail.com. Dot com. And you can follow us on Instagram. Also at Two Girls and a Tardis. Although that too is spelled out T W O. You'll figure it out. The letter. We'll all too. be great. <laughs> and in the meantime, thanks for listening. Thank you. We're happy to do this. And uh, we'll see you next time. Woohoo!